The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Guys, today is a big day. I am so excited that you can finally pre-order my book. The book is called Get the Fuck Out of the Sun. The foreword is by Dr. Dennis Gross, and it's routines, products, tips, and insider secrets from a hundred plus of the world's best skincare gurus. We have influencers, celebrities, doctors, kind of everything. And then, of course, you can expect so many of my tips and tricks throughout the book. It is color. It is thick. It is pink. You want it on your Instagram feed. It is so fun. It's so cheeky. And it answers every single skincare question you could ever think of. This is a book that you can take and display on your coffee table, but it's also a book that you're going to go to and you're going to bookmark the fuck out of it. You don't have to read it start to finish. You can just open it up and learn all about skincare. I have been working on this book for truly the last three years, just picking up all the secrets and all the insider tips and tricks for you. Some of the top influencers are featured in my book. Kristen Cavallari, Patrick Starr, The Summer Friday's co-founders, Shay Marie Grissel Lim, Jillian Michaels, Stassi Schroeder, Omni Song, The Lady Gang, Mandy Madden-Kelly, Amelia Bell, Delilah Gray, Bobby Brown, Justin Anderson, and more. We also have all the top skincare doctors, Dr. Dennis Gross, Dr. Jason Diamond, Sonia Dakar, Georgia Louise, Barbara Sturm, and more. I am so excited to finally bring you this book. You can pre-order it where books are available. It's obviously on Amazon. Pre-order a copy. I'm telling you, I think you'll love it. It's very much up your alley. With that, let's get into the show. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! You know, I only had 3,000 followers. I had 800 DMs. So I was like, wow, I'm not alone. Like I have such a community and other people are suffering from this, which is so nice to know. And so I just started sharing everything from my energy dips and I became obsessed with like, how can I set myself up for success? Because I would just pop this to wake up and get out of bed and keep going the next day. So I knew that that was something I had to cut out of my life. I had to cut out like anything that was gonna be a trigger for me to want this drug, I stopped doing. We know that you guys love episodes on wellness. We've seen the numbers. You guys love wellness episodes. Wellness episodes spike. Yeah, they do spike. Everybody wants to be well, apparently. Everyone wants to be well. And this episode does not disappoint. We talk all about Adderall addiction, health, wellness, fitness, tightening up, all the things with Vanessa. You may know her as V's Honey on Instagram. This is Vanessa Fitzgerald. She is a health coach, natural food chef, yoga teacher, and overall wellness wizard. You guys, I started following her when I first started blogging. A girlfriend of mine at the time was like, you have to follow my friend Vanessa. She's so beautiful and she's so cool. Started following her, totally fell in love with her. And then she evolved over Instagram and you could really see it in front of your eyes. I saw her be a model and then she evolved into this wellness wizard. And she takes you along the way on her journey. She has some incredible highlights. I texted her the other night about a cleanse that I did. And she had like the whole 411 about it. She was giving me all these tips and tricks, telling me all about these meal delivery services and what workouts she did to help tighten up after quarantine. And what's great is we really go there in this episode. So if you're a wellness lover like Michael and I are, then you are going to love this episode. It really, really is raw. It's real. And there's so much value in it. Just to give you a little background on Vanessa, she can personally attest to the power of proper nutrition to heal. She's been an advocate of its healing capabilities since the age of 14 when she eliminated her acne by changing her diet. At 19, she was diagnosed with celiac disease and PCOS. Doctors prescribed several kinds of medication for her symptoms, and they were symptoms like weight gain, depression. She was fatigued. She had acne. But again, she found solutions through nutrition. She attended NYU as an undergrad. Like I said, she was a model. She studied yoga at Bikram Yoga College of India, and she received her teaching certification. Vanessa then went on to enroll in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, and upon graduation, she began working as a private health coach in New York City. Today, she works in Los Angeles. She is incredible. Stalk her Instagram at V's Honey. Um, That's V-E-E-S Honey. And with that, let's welcome Vanessa Fitzgerald to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. 
I'm so excited to have Vanessa in studio. I have a hundred questions for you, but first I want to get the foundation of your story and how you got into wellness because it's very interesting and one of the reasons that attracted me to having you on the podcast. Well, I always say that wellness was like a calling for me. So, you know, like some people were born to sing. Some people were born to dance. They have this gift. It was one of those types of situations. When I was 13, 14, I had crazy acne, also going through a lot of mood swings. And for something, I I was going to dermatologists where I would take all these medications. And then I was being prescribed all these different medications for mental health. And at that point, I was like, there's got to be something else out there. And just a kid in my class was a vegan and their parents sent them to a nutritionist and she was taking like these pills at lunch. And I was like, what are those? She's like, they're vitamins. So then I asked to go to this nutritionist and then that sort of began my obsession with health. And it just like every time I would enter a Whole Foods, I would feel like expanded and elevated. And I was just a strange kid in that way. Cut to like years later, I started modeling in New York, different issues with like body dysmorphia and all types of fun stuff like that. Again, just trying to study health and stay as healthy as I could in a very unhealthy industry at the time. And then I ended up waking up one day after a slew of relationships and a ton of different jobs. And I was 30 and I was like, where's my career? And I'm single and nothing's really going my way. And I've done all the things from plant medicine to therapy to you name it. And I looked over at my bedside table and I was about to take my Adderall. And I was like, this is the one thing I haven't changed. And, you know, if everything has energy and everything is energy, then this is carrying an energy that's within me. That's definitely blocking me from achieving the goals that I want to achieve, or maybe having the relationships that I want to have. So that was the first day that I decided to stop taking this crazy medication. And then everything just sort of expanded from there. I want to go back in your story. First, you said body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. You're around all these models in LA or New York, you said, excuse Mm -hmm. me. You're beautiful. How can you have body dysmorphia? Like it's, it's very hard, I think, to understand. You look so perfect. I don't understand. So I'm 5'7". So I was at an agency called IMG with supermodels and... I was always told I was very short. So it was about my hair and my face for makeup campaigns, but they really still wanted me to do lingerie and things like that. So they'd be like, your hips are too wide or your boobs aren't big enough or you need to lose weight. And so I was told all these things all the time while still trying to keep up some sort of nutrition program. But I started taking more Adderall and trying to eat way less and it just became a bad situation. How many milligrams of Adderall did you start with and how many did you end with? Because I've heard from a lot of women that they start like with 10 milligrams and then it turns into more. I actually started with more because I was first prescribed it. They gave me extended time release, which I think is the worst, but they gave me 30 milligram extended time release and I felt like I was on crack. So then they started giving me 20 milligram tablets to break up throughout the day. So I was always like a five milligram at a time, like popping it like a Tic Tac, like oh, I feel a dip in energy. I'm just going to pop another one. And so I never actually knew at the end of the day how much I would fully have. We've had, at this point, like what, 350 of these in, in that peppered in doctors, health, all sorts of people. And, and the reason I'm saying this is we have people that listen to this show that I know they take they take Adderall and they use it for, there's an assortment of reasons. Like one, the first one is they say, oh, well, I need to focus. I can't focus. Two is energy. Three, like my doctor prescribed it. And so it must be good if they're prescribing it. Four, we've heard obviously the weight management, but across the board of all those health experts, all those doctors, anyone that's had personal experience that's gone off, but there's not been one out of 350 that have said it's a good thing. Not one. That, that Adderall is a good thing. Yeah, no, and one. it's one ingredient away from meth. So we're just like, I like to say we're fancy meth heads walking around. It, no, it is meth. My <laughs> yeah. friend who we were talking about earlier, I went blast him. When we were in college, he went in to get a summer job and he was in construction. You have to drug test for this for this job. And he was a pretty straight, like straight and narrow guy, but he was taking Adderall to study for tests and he tested positive for meth and lost the job. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was driving back, when I lived in Austin and I was doing a road trip with my girlfriend, we got pulled over at the Texas state border and like dogs searching my car. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, do I have weed in the car? Do I have mushrooms in the car? Like, what do I have in the car? We have so much luggage. Do I have drugs in here? Turns out after like ripping my car to shreds, the dog in my in my trunk going through everything, they found my old Adderall prescription bottle. And that was it. That was the drug that they pulled up. So what did they do? 
they confiscated it. Well, they confiscated it because I had gone off of it. And so my girlfriend's like, take it. You should watch her Instagram, please. Like, because we also were worried that we did possibly have weed or mushrooms in the car. She's like, I need to get out of here as fast as possible. Looking back on your intention of why you started Adderall, when you really get real with yourself, do you think it had to do all with weight or do you really feel like you couldn't focus? Like when you went to the doctor to get it prescribed, what were you saying your issues were? Well, it started, I, I grew up in Los Angeles, so already in a private school, so very fast paced. And there were a lot of girls on Adderall and probably snorting it between classes. And one day this one girl was like, I fall asleep a lot in class or the teachers would call me out and they'd be like, Vanessa, you have a really great way of paying attention without paying attention at all. And they would tell like the hyperactive kids, like, look at Vanessa, like at least pretend like you're listening. And my grades were dipping. So she's like, you should take this pill. It's magical. And you get great grades and you can really focus. So I tried it. I didn't sleep for 48 hours because my system was so sensitive. I had never taken anything like that before. And it was a 30 milligram extended time release. So I wanted one. I wanted the prescription because I was like, wow, my grades are getting better and I can focus. So I went to the doctor. I did all these tests. And then they said that I have ADD and they just gave me a prescription. But the thing was, I just became so obsessive. I started writing these study guides. Then I would still get C's on the tests because I was just so hyper obsessed with writing this like perfect study guide and everybody I would sell the study guide to would get an A, but they weren't on drugs. It just was a weird. You know, do you find that people that are on Adderall, I always find that they're like, they get so defensive if you say like, hey, maybe there's like a better way or maybe it's not good for you. Like we have a friend of ours that came to us and said, hey, she takes Adderall every day. She said, I don't know what's going on. Like for whatever reason, I'm sleeping terribly right now. And I'm like, well, one, you're taking shitload of Adderall. Two, you're taking coffee every day. She's like, no, it's not the, it can't be the Adderall. Maybe it's a coffee or maybe it's, I'm like, have you ever like thought that maybe it is the Adderall and maybe you can't sleep because you're taking a literal methamphetamine? Yeah. And like they get so defensive because they never want to face like, hey, it actually probably could be this drug that's affecting my habits. Because it's highly addictive. It's like doing a bump of cocaine throughout the day. So I always, I like to say that I specialize in Adderall detox, but it is not a detox. It's a drug withdrawal. Don't, don't like, mm -hmm. don't, I can't kid myself. Like I actually will have days where I think about Adderall because that's how deep this drug addiction runs. It's a high. It's a high like anything else. So once someone gets started on it and they're hooked on it, they're like, they, they're, it's that initial rush that they're addicted to. And they're like, oh, okay, well, I can stop the coffee. I'll just take more Adderall, you know? And it's a shameful drug. I bet you there's even more people that are on it that don't even tell you because they hide it because they don't want to tell, like it's When it's synthetic, right? Yeah. It's, it's not a natural, like mushrooms, okay. And, yeah. And weed, like these are, you can make an argument that these are plants. These right. are natural, right? Like, so they're from the earth. This stuff is not- no, no, it's an amphetamine too. So it's it's just a dangerous drug. It's like it's like saying, oh, hey, I do coke every day. <laughs> so when you decided and made the decision to get off Adderall, was it like that, or what? Walk us through the the withdrawal. Was there symptoms? Did you have to go to rehab? What did that look like? So I just decided that morning I was going to try to stop taking because I took it almost every single day. There might have been days like I don't know when I was sick or whatever where I would stop taking it but never for a prolonged period of time. But this time I was just like, I thought about every woman that I wanted to be like that had careers or relationships or just felt like so expansive to me. And I'm like, none of these women would dare touch an amphetamine. Like it's not even in their nature. So I just stopped taking it. And then I filmed myself and I wasn't really that active on Instagram at the time. I was like a little bit active. And because I was always so in my head and so self-conscious because it makes you confidently insecure. Confidently insecure. What yeah. do you mean by that? Just off on a tangent real quick. So it gives you this like, almost you feel like you're superhuman and superpower right at like at first, but then you're so, also your brain is spinning a million miles a minute and your heart's racing. So then you get this anxiety feeling. So it's almost like you have this power, but then you can't actually utilize it at all because you're trapped within yourself. Well, I imagine the feedback loop too, because like, listen, when you take Adderall, obviously your appetite gets suppressed and you're eating less, which means you're dropping weight. And like the feedback of, especially if you're somebody that's doing things like modeling and you're getting like positive feedback, you're like, oh, this is like really working. It's good for me. It's like, it's a, it's a positive feedback loop that actually reinforces a terrible behavior. I 
I am wearing currently podcasting my beta brand dress pant yoga pants. Okay. They're so comfortable. I had to do a Skype interview today with Glossy. So excited about that coming out. Priya interviewed me and I was so comfortable the whole time because I was wearing my beta brand dress pant yoga pant. And then I had to podcast with Michael Bostick for like four hours. So I wanted to be comfortable. Also, I wanted you to look at my ass, if I'm being honest. I always do. Okay. Well, you always do in beta brand dress pant yoga pant because they're so flattering. The ones that I like are black. They hold you in. They're comfortable. You don't feel like you need to unbutton them and let everything hang out. They're for the busy woman who's out there that wants to look great but doesn't have time to deal with uncomfortable, annoying buttons sticking into her stomach or her legs. You get it. You guys know what I'm talking about. They have all different kinds of fits, of colors, of styles. They have boot cut, straight legs, skinny, cropped, eight pocket, and more. Today, I have on the straight legged. I'm about it. I also have a lot of the pairs of the skinny. So check out both of those. They launch new styles weekly. And right now our listeners get 25% off your first order when you go to betabrand.com slash skinny. That's 25% off your first order for a limited time at betabrand.com slash skinny. Find out why women are buying five different pairs of these pants. You're going to go to betabrand.com slash skinny for 25% off. I know you guys are going to be as obsessed as I am. Oh, 100%. And it works until it just stops working, which is a pretty fast process. So yeah, I started filming myself and then for about four days. And then I met with so many different people. I remember I met with Srimati, Julie Pyatt, and had lunch with her and talked to her about it. And she showed me this girl that was sharing about her like depression story. And then I met with three other girlfriends and everybody was like, do it, do it, do it. So then I posted it. So it was actually four days late, but I had already been four days off, but I posted the first day. And I just became obsessed with the fact that I was off. And and listen, it was hard. But the fact that I was sharing it with everybody, I didn't feel alone. Because after my first story, you know, I only had 3,000 followers. I had 800 DMs. So I was like, wow, I'm not alone. Like, I have such a community and other people are suffering from this, which is so nice to know. And so I just started sharing everything from my energy dips. And I became obsessed with, like, how can I set myself up for success Food was really important. No alcohol for 23 days because I don't think I ever really knew what like a true hangover was because I would just pop this to wake up and get out of bed and keep going the next day. So I knew that that was something I had to cut out of my life. I had to cut out like going out to dinner and eating too late. Like anything that was going to be a trigger for me to want this drug, I stopped doing. I think the reason that you had such a response is that you're so beautiful and you look like you have it all and you were on this and you weren't telling anyone. And then you came out and you told everyone and that probably garnered a big response. I think there's so many, especially in LA, so many beautiful thin women that are using Adderall that aren't honest about it. Yeah. No, no, they're not. They're not. They're ashamed. Even people will come to my office to get off Adderall. And like when they start to talk about it, they kind of like, hunch over all of a sudden and they start whispering and like it's like this deep shame that they have wow yeah so are you seeing more people check themselves on the Adderall do you think it's getting worse or do you think it's getting better or do you think it's just being talked about more I think it's getting better because I think that women are realizing well it's either men or women some men I have a a guy in my office right now, his wife is now drug testing him. Yeah, a lot of guys take it. Like we should put that out there. Yeah. And he his wife is drug testing him because she can tell a difference when he's on Adderall and when he's off Adderall. But he's convinced that he can't function without it. Well, because imagine like for your particular career, like your past career, like say modeling and a lot of women admiring that profession and wanting to do it themselves. If that particular model came out and said, hey, I'm doing this and the way I do it is I pop this Adderall every day, like that is a much less alluring story than if you're like, than the image that is presented. Yeah. Right. And I think if people were more honest about it, people like, oh, okay. And it'd help like give a framework and probably help other women because they wouldn't be like, oh, it is an attainable figure, but you have to make this sacrifice to get it. So maybe people would second guess that, or maybe they wouldn't, but at least people would be having an open conversation about it. Well, it's funny because Adderall didn't actually get me to lose like 
it wasn't like it was the fix. It became where I would start like binging and then restricting. It was just, I was all over the place, isolating. It was weird. It creates really weird habits and tendencies. But yeah, I have a lot of men that are lawyers and in finance that are convinced they have to take this drug in order to get through the day. And a bunch of them have come off and they're so much happier and their relationships are better. It's that's the thing too. It really destroys relationships. Like women drive their boyfriends insane to the point where they're like, I can't do this anymore. Or men drive their wives insane and it creates the same issue. It's like a neurotic behavior. So much like the neuroses is insane. And then you sit there and you hyper focus on problems with your with your person because you think that they're you almost generate issues in your head because you need something to obsess over. That is so true. That is so true. (laughs) No, the reason that I am not an Adderall fan personally, and listen, when I gained 55 pounds when I was pregnant and I was like so puffy and so miserable being like very overweight, if I'm just being honest, Adderall was always like, oh, I could take Adderall. But then I thought there's no longevity in it. And I also feel like you do maybe lose weight initially. And we talked about this before we started, but then it stops working for you. Mm-hmm. And it, then it ends up fucking up your metabolism and you almost gain weight. And your thyroid, yeah, you blow up. Like I had a client who like 20 pounds in five months, all of a sudden her body just switched when it was like, oh, I'm done, thyroid done, everything is done. And she just expanded. And I didn't believe her. And then she showed me a photo. She's an actress. And I was like, oh my God, like this is serious. So what happened was she was taking it, it was working for her and then it stopped working for her is what you're Mm -hmm. saying. For years. And then it just, boom, thyroid down. Then she was put on thyroid medication before she came to me. And all these other issues, chronic fatigue, whatever. And she was still on it. I'm like, it's, we got to get off of it. People so just don't, they don't think about the long-term repercussions of any of this. Stuff. Like that's like any kind mm-hmm. of medication, right? Like you're on something. Like, it's not how our bodies evolved. We right. didn't evolve to have these chemicals in our system. Exactly. And look, you gave birth to like a very healthy baby. Like I've seen photos of your baby and I can tell by the roundness of baby's heads. What? Yeah. So you popped out an extremely healthy baby, what the which is amazing. Because it shows that there's no compression on the skull. And so when there's compression on different parts of the skull, then you can set the baby up for possible future anxiety problems, depression, cognitive disorders, things like that. You want their face to be nice and round. It shows a, a sign of health. I did not know that. Yeah. So I can't also help. I'm just going to be honest here. I can't also credit my night nurse for helping me turn her head. Well, no, that helps, but you gave birth to a really healthy baby. So when you first saw her, like a picture of her at first. Yeah, you can see, like, if you were to see a photo of when I was born, like, that's not a healthy baby. Why? Because I just looked like my coloring. I was really small and thin. My head was a little bit oval, like things like that. Huh, I did not know that. When the baby first came out and had that cone thing, I was freaked out. Well, yeah, she first came out. Well, yeah, and then it goes down. But, like, look at your child, like, super healthy. (laughs) That's very nice. I gotta be honest, yeah. though. I was like, what the hell is that cone? <laughs> I, was like, I, was like, what? I was like, what happened? <laughs> she inherited everything from you in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I notice, and tell me if, if you feel like this too, is that a lot of people that end up taking Adderall become alcoholics. There was a period when I was bartending like years ago, and I decided that I was going to take Adderall to lose weight. And so I took it for like two weeks. And I noticed that to come down off of it every single night, I had to drink more wine. Oh, yeah. So I was bartending and I'd be drinking. I'd have a glass and then I have another glass and then I almost need another glass to take the edge off. So while you're developing this Adderall habit to lose weight, you're also upping your alcohol to balance it out. Oh, totally. And then when you start to feel a dip from the alcohol and you're out, sometimes you pop more Adderall. It just gets you drinking more. You want to take the edge off. And then you also can, your tolerance goes up because you're so wired and awake that you can drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. So like I had a nurse who started on Adderall because she was doing night shifts and then she started drinking a bottle of wine a night. And then it turned into a bottle, like half a bottle of vodka a night. And now she's in rehab. It's a very slippery slope. I remember the first time I had alcohol, not on Adderall, I was a drunk. I was like, I had one glass and I was like, wow. I've heard tolerance. a lot of reality stars will take Adderall because it's such a long day of filming, which I mean, I can empathize with. That's a long day of filming. They have to be on, they have to be sharp and then they're drinking on top of it. So they'll take Adderall so they don't get drunk on camera. Yeah. But imagine what, what that must do to depression, anxiety, Horrible. your body over time. You're not mentally well. 
Horrible. And the whole point of like, what's the point of living life if you can't really have joy and experience it and live well inside of your body? So through helping people with Adderall detox, how does that work? Say someone comes to you, they're taking a bunch of Adderall and they're drinking, like you said, a bottle and a half of wine at night. What, how do you even begin to help them? What are you drinking tonight? Lauren, let me tell you something. You just overwhelm me constantly. I'm just wondering, am I eating this healthy? Am I doing this the healthy way? Am I doing that right? Am I doing this wrong? I'm constantly stressed out because you're so into your wellness and I just want to crack a cold one sometimes, which is why I'm so glad that I found Coors Pure. That's right. It's organic, you guys. New Coors Pure is refreshing and it's 92 calories and zero sugar. Fun fact, I love beer. I've loved beer since I was a cocktail server. It's always been my drink of choice, but it was hard to find one that was the right calorie intake because a lot of them are heavy in calories and they bloat you. This one does not, okay? I can attest for it. This is all about balance. Coors Pure is organic. You can put on your running clothes, take a run, and then come back and pop a cold one, like Michael said. What a time to be alive. A healthy alternative in beer. I actually went into our fridge and swapped out all our beer with Coors Pure. Coors Pure is the perfect beer to celebrate the wins of everyday life. So when you want to enjoy a beer without the guilt, you're going to reach for Coors Pure. It's organic, but chill about it. Go to CoorsPure.com and see where you can find Coors Pure. Celebrate responsibly at Coors Brewing Company, Albany, Georgia. Switch out the beer in your fridge with Coors Pure. 92 calories and zero sugar. Enjoy. Well, bottle and a half of wine a night, I always suggest outpatient or inpatient. Like there's only two detoxes you can die from. Everybody thinks it's heroin. It's not. It's alcohol and benzos, which are Xanax, Ativan, things like that. Those are things that are need to be monitored to detox off of. But if they're just taking a ton of Adderall, I always have my clients, depending on if they have a history of eating disorder, then we have to go a different route. But if they don't, they keep a food journal for me with symptoms their bowel habits, their water intake, every single thing that happens throughout the day, their sleep patterns, because sleep is so important. People are so obsessed with all these machines for biohacking. Just sleep eight to nine hours. Wow. You'll be amazed at how much your body will function better. So I start with their food. I take away anything that could possibly cause the brain to inflame or the gut to feel bogged down because those two are tied. And then you feel foggy and lethargic and weighed down. You can't focus. So I focus on like a high functioning brain focused diet. After that, I start to supplement. So I'll give them things. Sometimes when you come off of Adderall too, you can actually get moments of anxiety because feeling tired, you almost have this like guilty feeling or like, this is scary. I'm tired. I want to like rest rather than allowing yourself to rest. You're used to overriding that uh, feeling of being tired. So I'll give them something to help manage their anxiety, which is literally just whole food supplements, just helps balance out their brain chemistry. What, so, what are some of those supplements? There's one that I use called Minchex. It's just a high dose of beef liver. There's one called Mintran. It has like iodine because it helps with the thyroid. The thyroid, when the thyroid is not functioning, it causes depression and it can cause massive weight gain. But these things attack the thyroid like Adderall can destroy your thyroid. So I give them something called Mintran, which has kelp and iodine, helps with depression. Depending on the person, I give them ribonucleic acid, RNA. It basically is our nature's Adderall. It helps rebuild those neuropathways that help them with focus. Rhodiola ginseng is something I use a lot. Lion's mane is great for focus, cordyceps for energy. And I use different, basically things called like neurotrophin and neuroplex. These things help rebuild neuropathways that have been destroyed by the medication because essentially it overrides your brain's ability to build dopamine. So it just tells your brain like I'm building the dopamine. So your brain just stops building it on its own. So once you stop, you can feel a little depressed because you, your brain isn't used to building that dopamine on its own anymore. Thyroid. I went and got my hormones checked after I was pregnant. I was all fucking over the place and I realized I have a low thyroid. So they put me on thyroid medicine, which has changed my life. And what I mean by that is I used to want to take a nap in the middle of the day after I had the baby. And now I can like, I just, feel, I don't feel like high, like Adderall. I just feel normal. Right. And I feel like I have more clarity. Is there anything that one I can do to support the thyroid medicine to do its job? And two, and this is a two pronged question. 
is being on thyroid medicine for the rest of my life sustainable or do you suggest trying to find natural avenues? It's not necessarily forever, but you'd really have to drastically change your lifestyle and diet in order to get there. Otherwise, it becomes a crutch. But great ways to support your thyroid would be to get rid of anything that can block uh, your thyroid's ability to intake iodine, which would be things like kale. I mean, I felt so vindicated when Dave Asprey just recently came out with like, kale is the new smoking. (laughs) So kale is bad for my thyroid. Terrible. I just ordered a fucking kale Caesar salad from Crossroads. Well, Terrible. Kale, like I never heard. Oh, of, this is gonna sound fucked up to say, but I didn't hear about kale until I was like twenty eight. Kale years has old, the best right? PR agent I've ever seen in the All world. All of a sudden, kale became the thing, and then it was over consumed. So kale juice, kale chips, <laughs> kale salad, kale is tanks, 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 tanks the thyroid. It is so disruptive Maybe that's for why like some gut people too. Have thyroid issues now because it became so like kale became the thing. That's definitely a part of it. Also, like gas, bloating, IBS, and digestion, SIBO. A lot of this is like just overeating kale, broccoli, and Brussels sprouts. There are other brassica vegetables, but those are my the three that I see that people overeat that cause the most issues with the thyroid. So I always say cut those ones out, cut out beans. Beans also can really uh, disrupt the thyroid. I had beans and Brussels sprouts last night. Okay, keep going. Jesus. Were you farting? I'm going to text you. No, I was not farting. Really? No, I never fart in front of my husband. I never fart. No, but do you feel gassy? Do you feel bloated? No. You don't? No. Do you know what blood type you are? Oh. Wow, I'm shocked. Okay. But I would really, with those three vegetables, I would just stop doing for your thyroid. Okay. And beans. Those grains can be really hard on the thyroid. So grain-free, like go potato, sweet potato, spaghetti squash, parsnip, yams, celery root. Those are all great ways to get starches in without having to eat a ton of rice or quinoa is the worst. But rice, quinoa, farro, those kind of things. Bread. What Um, can I add in? What you can so grain free starches. There's so many other vegetables aside from kale, broccoli, Brussels sprouts. If you want a salad, arugula, butter lettuce, mixed greens my, are my favorite choices. Spinach? spinach, but I prefer cooked spinach for the thyroid rather than raw. Okay, it's really tough. And then you can add in like if you're a breadhead, you can do things like there's so many amazing grain free breads now out there. There's a girl cocoa bakes who I'm obsessed with. She has fermented sourdough but it's grain-free and it's super clean ingredients. There's also AWG bread that's really great. I love both those brands. Also, do you like bread seriously? I like bread seriously too. So do I. Yeah. So all those things are great things to add in. You add in like high quality proteins, fish, meat, things like that, healthy fats. I mean, there's so many things that you can add in that will help. Oh, coffee can also really hurt the thyroid. So I always tell my caffeine addicts, let's try and switch to like matcha at first and see how we do. Okay, I'm drinking a coffee that I just finished, but in this is matcha. So, <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? So I you're drink drinking a coffee, coffee and now you're drinking a matcha. Yeah, I love that bad. Well, listen, we have, to, we have to pick ourselves up a bit. We have, you know. I we, totally get that. I totally get that. But like what I would love to see is like a food journal on you and then help take away the things that are weighing your gut down so that you feel like you need more caffeine so that I can actually gear your body to wake up like without your alarm. Okay. I'm, I need to talk to you after this. I also feel like I really, I'm very interested in your list of, I, I wouldn't call them vitamins. I would call it, is it like supplements? supplements? Yeah. How many supplements do you take a day? Honestly. And how, how does that go? So they change. Like I probably see my practitioner every eight weeks now, right now. I don't know how many actual pills. If I had to count, I'm probably on like 60 pills a day, but that's three times a day. I don't even know because I just think of it as like a little bit of extra food I'm having. So I dose them out in baggies like one day a week and then I'll just pop them. Very good at taking these pills now. (laughs) I just pop them like right at the time that I need to. This is going to sound fucked up. Maybe not fucked up, but maybe it's the contrarian. Maybe like just a natural rebel. But anytime I hear a large group of people telling me something is good, like kale or what's another one that's, that's come out and everyone says, all the stuff. Anytime there's something that becomes popular in Vogue, I'm very resistant to it. I don't know if that's just because of how I am, but it's the reason I think there's a lot of people listening to this and like they hear all these experts and like these experts are coming on and saying like kale or like cut out tomatoes or like like intermittent fasting, all these things. And anytime I hear something that's like in Vogue, I'm like, don't do that because if everybody thinks it's a good idea, 
it's probably a bad idea because most people are stupid. You would love this doctor, this like holistic guy that I see. I refer a lot of my par- my patients to. He uh, is the same way. And when I say most people are <laughs> stupid, probably a lot of people got offended. But I mean, most people are stupid in the sense that they just hear a popular opinion or a popular idea and they're like, yep, I'm going to do it too without well, we questioning have, I mean, we're a culture I must be of, stupid because there's sheep. kale in my smoothie every day. <laughs> it's like this. When anyone well, we're talks, also a culture of sheep. We have a lot yes. of sheep and followers, especially with social media. Like you see something like you think is cool, all of a sudden you're like, I need to do that. I want people that listen to this show to question everything that's said on this show. And even if I or Lauren says something, Amen. I want them to be like, I'm not sure. I never want them to hear something and be like, I'm going to do that because I heard it on this popular podcast. I want them to question everything. People need to sit with what's right for them and they don't. You're so right. I think question every single thing. I tell my clients too, and they like love to Google all their symptoms. I'm like, I sometimes write articles for publications, but they're not for everyone. So like, I wouldn't want you to read this article that I wrote because it doesn't pertain to you, but you're going to read it and spin out and think that you need this, or you're going to go buy this. That's the problem. So yes, question everything. I totally agree. Everything in life you should question. It's information overload. And like whenever something becomes in vogue or popular, I just think people need to be very cautious because there's a reason it became in vogue and popular. And most of those reasons are because people are really good at marketing. Yeah, well said. Well said. One thing that I'm obsessed with you about is that you're so honest with your needle journey. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk about that on the podcast. So you got filler, mm-hmm. if I'm right, in your chin and it blocked a lymph node. So I got filler. I went to this guy. It's funny. Everybody's like, where did you put it? And I'm like, I don't, I was on the receiving end of it. So I don't remember. Like he drew a bunch of lines on my face and this guy like teaches people how to inject like Juvederm and all these things. Like he speaks all over and was like highly recommended. And highly recommended by some people you know, too. So I was having like a, you know, a single is feeling like really shitty about myself. And I went in and he just took a needle and he put it like everywhere. It was like from my nasal labial folds to my cheeks to like the sides of my face to my jawline to like everywhere. And so I left and I looked in the mirror and I was like, it wasn't so swollen. And then it just over the hours started swelling and I was just like, oh my God. And then I called him crying and he was like, it's just swollen, whatever. And I just realized it was never going down. And then I started over time pooling like a double chin here because it just expands with water. So while I looked very plump, I just didn't look like myself anymore. I'm like, I have a thin face. I have cheekbones and I couldn't even see my cheekbones anymore. And so it was just causing like this massive, like round head all of a sudden. And I didn't, I was looking in the mirror and I was like, this is crazy. And the double chin thing, my girlfriend actually got lipo in her chin. And then I was like, who's your doctor? I think I need to go get lipo in my chin. <laughs> Thank God I didn't. Cause it's just fluid. As soon as I melted all of it, it just like, boom, got so much better. But yeah. So did it actually block a lymph node to swell the chin? Yeah. So that's what I went to one of the top dermatologists in Beverly Hills, Dr. Harold Lancer. And he basically told me, cause I went in there and I was showing him before and after and whatever. And he was like, you have so much filler in your face that it blocked your lymph nodes. And that's why there's fluid pooling under your chin. Cause I said to him, I was like, I'm building a double chin. I feel like it's from this. I also felt like I was gaining weight. It was really weird. It did something very strange to my, to my body. Well, you block your lymph system that flush everything. That's what, yeah. yeah that's what I was just felt like expanded, like almost like in my body, like swollen too. That's so weird. And I think that the filler conversation also has to be had that I think sometimes people think filler all over your face. Yeah. I always like, I always say, this is my opinion. Sometimes when I think you put filler on the lower part of the face, it brings the eye down. Mm -hmm. And in my opinion, as I age, I want to bring the eye up. Yeah. Well, I used to do Botox. I did a couple of times around my eye. But what happened was since it froze those muscles, my cheek was pressing down. and I almost looked like I was sad. Yeah. You have so, to be careful where it's placed. It's, yeah. it's, I, it's very artistic. Yeah. You have to be like, I feel like you have to have a creative eye and like, there's definitely something where you can go overboard. One of my girlfriends filled her lips. She's beautiful. 
and she overfilled her upper lip and the filler has started to move up, move up, move up, move up, move up, move up. And it's pressing on her nose and like it gives you that Marge Simpson lip. Yeah. I don't think people realize that the filler can move around the face. Oh, yeah. I had one client. She has some sort of DNA thing, whatever. She got filler and it literally like I'm talking moved like a snake in her face. And then created like crazy lumps in other weird areas that she had to get removed. And then her eye got Bell's palsy on one side. It was wild. Some people have weird reactions to it. But yeah. So we're talking about a lot of things that I'm sure a good amount of listeners do. And they're probably having extreme anxiety. I know. Right I'm now. so sorry, <laughs> but, everyone. But no. this is just, I mean, at least I did it trial and error. I'm not here to stand on a soapbox and tell everybody otherwise. Like, I'm just sharing my story with these things. No, Popping no, Adderall and injecting my face. <laughs> I, I think these these are important stories for Come people Come hire to hear me as your health because guide. Because people need to understand, like, people need to question. Again, they need to go and question all. And even the people that are doing these procedures, they need to, like, question the credentials and who else have they done and what what happened to those people like you mentioned Dr. Harold Lancer like that's top of the top he's been mm-hmm. on the show he's he's great but like if you're just going to you know Joe Blow off the street that's got a needle and a couple of things and you, you, you gotta be careful Pete and Jerry's okay the best organic eggs there are they're certified humane free-range eggs, but the best part about Pete and Jerry's is their hens. You guys, their hens are raised on a small family farm across the country that actually look like farms, not those factories that you see in those documentaries, okay? So their hens' free-range lifestyle means they're free to engage in behaviors that come naturally to them. They're out there living natural hen lives. They're, they're eating grasshoppers. They're eating grubs. They're doing exactly what hens should Michael, be Michael, they're dust bathing. They're foraging in the grass. They're socializing in fresh air and sunshine. They are high-fiving. They're having fun. We put a lot of emphasis on what we, you know, put in our bodies, put on our bodies. And when you think about it, you're eating eggs all the time. At least we are in our household. It's the only eggs that I'll feed our daughter. And when you think about all the eggs you consume, you got to think, okay, where are these coming from? Who's producing these? And I only want them produced by Pete and Jerry hens that are out there living natural hen lives. We really do eat eggs every single day. I probably have two in the morning. Zaza eats them all the time. Michael makes her cheesy eggs. We always give her organic eggs. And Pete and Jerry's are rich and creamy. They're firm. They're deep golden yolks. They have that really like yellow, delicious golden look to them. And they also have harder, stronger shells. So it does make a difference. I'm a fan of their eggs. I think you guys will love them. I'm all about supporting businesses like this. And right now, Pete and Jerry's is giving away a free dozen eggs to the first hundred listeners who go to PeteandJerry's.com slash skinny. To claim your free dozen eggs, you're going to go to PeteandJerry's.com slash skinny. That is P-E-T-E-A-N-D-G-E-R-R-Y-S dot com slash skinny. Pete and Jerry's organic eggs are available nationwide at a fine grocer near you. I'm telling you, try these eggs with goat cheese and you'll never look back. So when you're on that egg aisle, you know the choice. It's Pete and Jerry's. Oh, totally. And I have no Lancer since I was like 13 because any time I had a skin rash, I would go in there and he reamed me a new one. He's very straightforward. It's like going to a tattoo artist that like, go look at the portfolio, see what's happened to some of the clients longer. You can't, I mean, that's a lower example, but people just go in like, I'm going to save a buck. It's like, this ain't the place you want to save a buck. Right? No, you do not want to save a buck when it comes to your face or body or knives or anything like that. Talk to us about PCOS. Mm -hmm. What does that stand for? polycystic ovarian syndrome. Okay. What is your experience with that? I know you've been through that. So I one in five women have PCOS now, and it's so controversial. I think now, today, it wasn't back then. Back then, it was just like, if you have cysts covering your ovaries, and if you have certain blood markers, you have PCOS, but really they go after the cysts in your ovaries because it's polycystic, multiple cysts all over the ovaries. They don't burst. They don't rupture. And the only known cure was pregnancy. And sometimes it comes back after pregnancy. Sometimes it doesn't. And now it's women are going in with, with the advancement of technology, chemicals, all of these things, things are getting weirder when it comes to health. Our DNA structures are turning in strange ways. And also like we're seeing more thyroid problems. We're seeing more hormonal issues. We're living longer, but we're living sicker also. 
So today, women will go in with these mystery hormone problems, and they can't figure it out. So they'll draw some blood, and if they see like a little bit of elevated testosterone or whatever it is, they'll be like, you have PCOS light. Like, what is that? It's like I'd like a Coca-Cola light. It's like you have PCOS light, you have PCOS medium, you have you have PCOS. It's the strangest diagnosis when they're just sort of like, it's become a diagnosis where I'm confused. I actually don't know what's wrong with you. So you have PCOS. And then women freak out and they get really worried about it because it is an insulin resistance problem. So it's like you're pre-diabetic. But then some girls would be like, well, I didn't show insulin markers. So they said that I'm not at risk for that, but I have PCOS. So I don't actually believe I don't stand by that. I know there's going to be a lot of OBs and things like that nurses listening to this that probably are going to heavily disagree with me. But what I usually find is that when women miss their period or perhaps they're gaining a bunch of weight, if it's not actual PCOS, if they don't have cysts in their ovaries, if their blood markers don't actually match up with true PCOS, then it's usually a problem with like their hypothalamus or their pituitary or their pineal gland, which are all located in the brain. And they signal us to bleed. They signal, they're so important. Like the hypothalamus, when that's an overdrive or out of whack, you've got somebody that usually has a tendency to cry without reason, gets really upset all the time, can feel depressed, can't focus, hypersensitivity. So there's something called hypothalamus amenorrhea as well, which has become more increasingly popular because of intermittent fasting. So women's bodies that are supposed to be bleeding think that they're starving because they're fasting. Their hypothalamus gets out of whack. They miss their period. Boom, they have PCOS. doesn't make any sense. For PCOS, I just like to get my clients that actually have it. We go off sugar. I make sure I maintain their blood sugar levels. We eat really clean. And then it's not an issue anymore. You seem like you don't like intermittent fasting for women. Well, I did it forever. Like, you know, it's like one of those things where I just want to tell everybody, like, you're allowed to change your mind. Like, I constantly find that I am wrong from something that I was so dogmatic about, which is another thing. Don't be dogmatic about anything. But that I was so, like, convinced on. And I was doing intermittent fasting for two years, maybe more. And finally, like a year and a half in, I had no period and nine months of no period. And then I was working out every single day. I did this 30 workouts and 30 day challenge. And I was so swollen. I just was gaining weight. And it was so weird. And I was also a little bit tired, but I also had energy from the intermittent fasting. My body was all over the place. And so what I realized is that I thought, okay, well, if my body thinks it's starving, it's obviously not preparing for a baby. So why would it bleed? So I started eating breakfast and boom, I got my period back. So I'm not really for intermittent fasting for women that have to bleed because a lot of chronic fatigue, you can see a lot of thyroid crashing too, because the adrenals will start pulling from the thyroid. And what happened was my testosterone also tanked. So I had no testosterone to help me build muscle mass or tone my body. So that's why I was swollen. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of going back into history for multiple reasons, not just for humans, but like just if you just look at civilizations throughout history, like there's a lot of there's a lot of answers there. There's also a lot of things that you can avoid. But in terms of evolution, you know, like Yuval Harari wrote what Sapiens and Deus Ex, and, and if you even like read Darwin, which many people don't anymore, like about evolution. And I and I look at that a lot because we evolved as humans on this planet without a lot of synthetics, without a lot of technology. And Nowadays, they're like, well, if you look at the recent study, you look at the recent study, but I'm not interested in the recent, I mean, there's benefits in looking at recent studies, but in my personal opinion, there's more benefits in looking at history and how humans evolve because the recent studies get changed all the time. One day paleo is good, one day it's bad. One day meat's good, one day it's bad because they're recent studies. But if you look at how we evolved, and the reason I bring this up is because when you talk about intermittent fasting and you think about how we evolved traditionally, women were more in the camps and they were foraging and they were helping with the agriculture. And so they didn't have to go as long as men did with fasting. So it makes sense. And also men didn't have to carry babies. It makes sense that intermittent fasting could have benefits for men that evolved without food sources. And it could make sense that intermittent fasting could not work as well for women who had more abundant food sources. And I think it's it's important to point these out because whether you agree with like the science, like we evolved as a human species in under certain parameters and experiences. And if you don't, if, if that, if, if the practices aren't in your genetic makeup, there's a high likelihood that they won't work for you. Right. Oh my God. A hundred percent. I totally agree with you on this. Like you can even look at cadavers of old jaws and teeth and how our jaws 
and teeth have evolved over time. And now dentists are pulling teeth. And what that does when the jaw starts to collapse and then the pineal gets pressure and then, you know, you have other hormonal issues that start. Same thing with intermittent fasting. Like they only really, Mm -hmm. at first they tested it on men and menopausal women. Yep. When they talk about meat, like humans evolved eating bone marrow to begin with because we didn't have tools and the ability to hunt and fires. And so we would go and scavenge these animal carcasses that the other predators had left behind. And that's how we survived. And so all of a sudden removing red meat sources from your diet could be problematic because you didn't evolve that way. And I know there's going to be arguments and people are going to cite the recent studies and this and that, but if you're just looking at it from like an intuitive, practical, like what works for you, like evolution can't lie. It is like people say these days, they say, follow the science. Like this is the science. This is how we evolved as human beings. Because science is perfect. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And also organ meats. Mm -hmm. Like we don't eat organ meats anymore. And we ate a lot of that because that's what was abundant back then. Like people would eat the the hides and then we'd be left with the innards. Yep. So the supplements that I actually use to help organs heal are organ meats. Mm -hmm. Makes a ton of sense. Mm -hmm. Talk about that. So a lot, they're called PMGs, but a lot of my clients that are kosher, for example, will even break kosher just to get well. They're just so desperate. So let's say you have a thyroid problem. Sometimes like you have bovine thyroid parts or bovine thymus gland, or we have some porcine products, different sort of fish bones and different kind of marrows and livers and heart sources, things like this to help our body. Actually, we're just feeding you organ meat essentially. And what's great about it is that a lot of these animals aren't if you want sustainable eating, it's nose to tail. So they throw out a lot of the rest of the animal, which are essential for our health. So if you actually want to be more sustainable, then you should be eating nose to tail. It's so interesting because when I was pregnant, Michael took me out to Belcampo, mm-hmm. which I'm obsessed with. And normally I would get like a burger or whatever. But for some reason, my friend ordered liver and I was so drawn to it. And I I tried it and it gave me so much energy. Oh, yeah. Beef liver is like uh, the women's superfood fertility supplement. You've got your high doses of vitamin A in there, folic acid, folate, everything. What's something that people can do that's a little tweak in their day that's wellnessy? Drink more water okay. and sleep. You love sleep. I love sleep too. You have to sleep. I love sleep. I mean, people are running around. I mean, we're in a fast paced society. It's a lot of competition out there and a lot to keep up with. But at the same time, I think like the wellness movement is so big. But, and so therefore we're doing more things to take care of ourselves. But sleep is so important. You got to have a good sleep routine. I would love to know, and I know you're very much, and I appreciate this, not a one-size-all fits person, but I would just like to know what is a day in a life of your wellness, eating, and workout? So I usually will wake up. I do some sort of, I just started breathwork practice because I noticed like my mental health during COVID was really up and down. I was very overwhelmed. I mean, yeah. So I just started breathwork, which really helps me also because I lay my hands on people all day long and just the energy transference is so intense. So it helps me get out anything that's stuck in my body because I realize I hold on to a lot. So also it only takes me, 20, 30 minutes max. I'll drink a ton of water right now. Is it Wim Hof? No, it's like a form of Wim Hof is like one of them. But yeah, it's just like breath of fire, like just different breathing. Like I do the one where I breathe in and then I'll like hum out with like my hands over my eyes, things like that. I do one where like I'll breathe in, I'll hold it. And then I'll like rock my pelvis back and forth just to like wake up my root chakra, things like that. Just different things I was taught by an instructor that I just happened to hire because I'm like, I need to learn how to breathe and get out of my head and my body. So that was really helpful. And I start with that. I started usually when I'm super busy and like right now is one of those really busy times. I'll get back on a meal delivery so that I don't have to think about breakfast, lunch and dinner because otherwise I'll miss a meal and then I'll crash and then my body just gets out of whack. So I'll have my breakfast. You know, I'm going to ask you which delivery. Well, this is the thing. It's not like a mate. I'm still looking for a really great delivery. Yeah. And this one is not like the jam, but look, they do dairy-free, like light keto. I don't do full keto, but I do keto with like grain-free starches. I just don't want the grains because it weighs me down. And I do this company called Paletta. So I've been working, just not even working with them. I just purchased the meal delivery. It's like, I don't want to think about it. I think food is fuel during the week. 
And then weekends, I don't do it. I discovered during quarantine that I'm not a morning workout person. I like to get up and actually answer emails and be productive. My brain starts to turn on in the morning. And I also get anxiety having to like physically jolt myself out of bed to work out. And so now I work out usually after work. I change my work hours to be 8.30 to 3.30 most days. So I'll go to the gym four or five o'clock. Uh, and then after that, I'll have dinner. And then I usually go to bed early on weekdays. Are you a fan of of strength training? I feel like for some reason, I feel like you like more of like a flow, low cortisol workout. Is that right or no? No. Really? So I just started, I joined this gym called Monarch because everything was closed and they have a doctor on site. So they were exempt. And it was heavy weightlifting. And I've never done serious bodybuilding weightlifting before. And I was like, oh, you know, a typical girl, I'm going to bulk, I'm going to whatever it was. But again, my, I, had, I still had no testosterone. I was still trying to get my period back. And I started weightlifting. And within two months, because he, he takes your blood periodically throughout your membership. Within two months, my hormone levels were perfect. And not only that, I wasn't swollen. I was I swelled at first because it's so much muscle mass that I was gaining. But because I'm not like shoving my face with carbohydrates afterwards and I'm eating like great sources of protein and like light on the carbs, I actually shrunk. My body became way more toned. I felt strong and also mentally stable. Because when you're like stronger in your body, your brain feels mentally stronger and just changed my life. So now I'm obsessed with weightlifting. I think every every man, whatever, woman, I think everyone should incorporate weightlifting, especially as you age, especially for men, because your your bones start to shrink and get smaller and dissolve. You need to. If you're having a cocktail, what's the Vanessa special? I usually just do like Casamigos, Blanco, soda, and lime. I love it. Simple. Simple. Skinny margarita. Yeah. You know, I like your approach because so many people, like experts come on here and they're like, they try to take a blanket approach and apply it to everyone. It just doesn't work. And I like, this is not a plug, but Ancestry is a, a sponsor of this show. And I like that platform so much because I also think if you take an individual approach, you should know individually, again, going back to evolution, how you and your ancestors evolved. Like for me, my grandma's full Japanese. My mom was half Japanese, half Italian. Wow. They would, it's hard to know. My, <laughs> my dad has Scottish, Irish, some Native American. So I look at that. I'm like, okay, those, like if you look at the Japanese culture, obviously the diet is different than a Western diet, right? So, so white I, rice might be amazing for you. Yeah, of course. And yeah. like obviously high fish and omegas, but Lauren, you know, Scandinavian, and more like biking descent. And so like we have different backgrounds and different diets that will work. And I think people don't look at their genetic makeup and their evolution and say like, okay, how did my ancestors thrive and evolve? And like, how did you as an individual get here? Because it's, it's amazing that we got here individually. Totally. Because it means that the genetics and the, and the makeup of your ancestors were strong enough to get you here. And so you have to look at like what worked for them to get you here. Totally. But if you look at what works for me, it may not work for Lauren because we have completely different backgrounds. Completely different backgrounds. I always ask people what their blood type is and what their ancestry is because blood types aren't, there's so many subtypes within a type and there's it's not black or white. Like it depends, like maybe your mother was an O, but you're an A, but your dad was a B or something. And then your grandma was an A. It's like, there's so many different ways that it can play in that control like what is actually in your DNA and in your bloodstream. So ancestry is super important as well. I totally agree with you. I'm more like the same descendants as Lauren. So for me personally, like when I eat like steak and arugula and olive oil, I feel superhuman. But then you take somebody else who eats that and like steak, they feel like they need to go take a nap for five hours. Yeah. It's because they, maybe they're not looking at their genetic makeup. Are right? you O blood type? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, so like if I have red meat, like I, I can tell, and I know like there's people out there that don't like meat, but if I don't have red meat for a full week, my body tells me like, Hey, you need to get this protein source. Like it's, and I can, I'm like, I'm too intuitive enough to know like, okay, it's because I haven't had some high quality red meat, right? Same thing with like, I haven't had a high quality omega, like fish source. Like I, like my body tells me, Hey, I need to go get that. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt your whole life story, but I need to know, (laughs) (laughs) like, thank you for your blood type, your social security, your ancestry telling us about your fucking family tree. But I need to ask about clonics and enemas, bitch. That didn't didn't evolve with those things, (laughs) get it. And they feel sick and they're like, why? And so, like, do you have- notice as a doctor that people try to come and tell you every single thing? About- you know what, though? I love it because I live for this. So it's I don't even register it anymore as like something that's not normal. I'm I mean, just upset because she gets stuck in the diet Can I get your thumbprint? Fads. You get stuck in the diet No, I don't. <laughs> you guys, I was at an engagement party over the weekend and this girl came up to me like almost like running into <laughs> me. And she was like, hi, 
I have thyroid problems and like started and she's and then she, and then she told me she followed me after she proceeded to tell me all about her thyroid. I'm like, we're at a black tie engagement yeah, party. That confirmation she heard thyroid one time and that's like the so- solution to her her life now. It's like that, was that me? Right. <laughs> Enemas or colonics? What am I starting Michael on tomorrow? <laughs> Coffee enema. I really like. So it's funny. I first found out about coffee enemas was at a Mind Body Green. What do you call them? Conference. And I didn't know who Ben Greenfield was at the time. And I was sitting next to him at lunch, and he was like taking Celtic salt out of his bag and like pouring it. On oh my god, that's food. such a trip. Was he sitting with his- literally the? If you're sitting next to Ben Greenfield at a con- like a conference, I cannot even imagine that you was should he have Instagram. Was he perched like? Yeah, a, was he like perched? Or was he and, like? And hi Ben, I love you, Ben. No, he was like normally sitting, and he had like a fanny pack on, and he had like his two nicotine toothpicks and this mastic gum, and then he had this salt. And I was sitting across from Gundry too, and I knew who Gundry was. I had no idea who Ben Greenfield was. So I just started talking to him. I was like, oh my God, I love that salt. Can I have some salt? And so like I took his salt and whatever. And then I was fascinated by this guy. And then my friend Taro from Four Sigmatic was like, do you know who that is? I'm like, no. And he's like, it's Ben Greenfield. I was like, I have no idea. So I was talking to Ben and somehow, I don't know how Coffee Enema came up, but I was talking to him about pooping or whatever. He's like, yeah, Coffee Enema. I was like, wait, so you stick coffee up your butt? And he was like, yeah. I was like, do you go somewhere to do it? He's like, no, I do it by myself. He's like, every Wednesday on the bathroom floor with the face mask on. And I was like, just like it was absolutely the most normal conversation. I just started laughing. I was like, this guy is so wacky. Like, is this real? So I started asking him more questions. And I, after that, I couldn't stop thinking about coffee enemas. So I bought a kit on Amazon and I did it. Wait, so you stick the, you stick the thing up your ass and then the coffee sucks it out? Explain it. No, so it's like, a, it's like an enema bag. A silicone bag and you brew coffee. You can get like the green coffee beans, which is recommended, or you can even use bulletproof coffee. You just want to use an organic or mold-free coffee and you brew the coffee. You have to let it cool. It has to be either room temperature or a little bit cooler. You don't want to like jam. Like, yeah. You don't hot want hot. No, no, no. You could really <laughs> damage no, yourself. No, take notes on this. Cause if you, if you try to do that to me and it's scolding hot coffee, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> so then you pour it in the bag and you lay down and you stick the tube up your butt and then you unclamp it and you let the coffee enter your body and then you clamp it, you take the tube out and then you lay there. You have to try and hold it for 12 minutes. It's ideally after you've already gone to the bathroom because it's a liver detox. It's not a, not to make you poop, but a lot of people do it to make them poop. So you lay there and you're like massage your stomach a little bit. Like you can switch to the fetal position on your back, but you just don't want to be on your phone because that's very stimulating. Anything that'll stimulate your mind, it's going to stimulate your colon. You're going to be like, I need to go to the bathroom now. And you want to try and hold it for as long as you can. Barnes and Noble stimulates everyone's colon. Did you know this? What? Yes. Go do a coffee enema. Don't do it in Barnes and Noble. So that... (laughs) No, I I said all the girls in high school, like all the girls in high school used to line up at Barnes and Noble. And then on Mean Girls, they say this too. Everyone goes and takes a shit in Barnes and Noble. And so I went and Googled, why do people take shits in Barnes and Noble? And the smell of books makes you go to the bathroom. Who knew? I was out there trying to find a book on like, whatever, like, you know, you're a big reader. And I'm like, and with all these girls, I'm like, man, it's a good place to meet girls, but I never knew. (laughs) So just going back to the coffee enema thing, I don't think I'm equipped enough to do that on myself. I feel like I get distracted easily and like something would go wrong. Perfect. Is there, that. is there a place that you can go to get this done? Yeah. I mean, you can find colonic places that do coffee inserts after the colonic, which is great because then you get everything out and then you're getting the full benefits of the coffee enema because there's nothing blocking it. It goes straight to your liver, gets it to start bumping, dumping out bile, and then you actually get the full liver detox. What about taking out the, ba- the good bacteria? Yeah, that's like a big thing that doctors like to say too, because they're so afraid of the colonics for just take probiotics afterwards. Honestly, we're so obsessed with all this like good bacteria probiotic. We're overdoing it. We're drinking it. We're taking it. We're eating it. We're obsessed with probiotics. We're chewing it. So then now people have SIBO. And I think like this small intestinal bacterial overgrowth partially a little bit might be contributed to the fact that every trendy brand has a probiotic in it. And then now we have so much weird bacteria flowing throughout our body. You only you don't only need to supplement like one. You know what I love about this show? Huh. There's been so many different people that have come on and said their opinion. And it's like you have to really be your own guru. Yeah, but the, you, the, you really do. You have to figure out what works for you. For the sure. The most intelligent ones 
And listen, we've had some dummies on here. No, no, for sure. And sometimes that, and sometimes <laughs> that dummies me. And I don't, you know, whatever. Just, you do this long enough, you get some people. But you, the smartest ones, in my opinion, are the ones that are taking. They're not taking blanket approaches to anything. That goes for politics. That goes for health. That goes for relationship. That goes for anything. Like they're not just taking a set of ideals and saying this is the only set of ideals. Mm-hmm. They're saying like you take a little here, you take a little there. Ben Greenfield, Tarot, those are like bat signal people. When you're like, oh shit, what's going on? The hell, you can pick up the phone and call either of those people and like. Again, their approach is very well-rounded. Anybody yeah. that has a well-rounded approach, I'm like, listen to them. Anyone that's got a narrow focus and just takes a blanket set of ideals, I'm like, don't listen to them. Yeah, no, Vanessa, what's your beauty tips and skincare routine? You have glowing skin. I'm Since I got the filler out, I've been like trying to break up a little bit of scar tissue, but I'm obsessed with my new face. So I've been using that as regularly as possible to do as like slow aging. I haven't done since COVID. I haven't had a facial in over a year, which I would like to find a good facialist and actually get in there. Pelicure. Pelicure. Okay. I'm going to hit them up. I need to, I need to get a facial. I discovered this stuff called herbal face food and it's like, it's all just basically plant-based enzymes and food in a serum and you put it on and the founder told me it's like, having like a salad for your face and you put it on underneath anything else. You could put under vitamin C, your makeup, your moisturizer, whatever. It's just basically supposed to absorb in. It's like taking a supplement for your face. So I'm always very, I get sent so much skincare and like, I don't, nothing is revolutionary. Nothing is, it's all kind of like whatever, you know? I have the brands I like. So when I go to try these other ones, I'm like, I don't really notice a difference. So I don't really want to post about it. But this guy spent 45 minutes on the phone with me and I'm like, now I have to see if this stuff is really legit. So he sent me two bottles, this one called The Cure and a regular one. And I remember I was about to leave for Mexico and I took it with me and I was so obsessed with the way my skin was looking. I kept calling from the bathroom to my boyfriend. I was like, oh my God, my skin is... This is insane. And then like I had a wart on my foot. I put it on there and then like it immediately started to shrivel. And I was like, this stuff is magic. And so I became obsessed with it. So that's my like number one thing I put underneath everything that I use. I really like January Labs moisturizer and day cream. It's simple. It's really effective. Her eye cream is great too. I still use like Lancer's scrubs because I'm obsessed with his face scrub and his vitamin C serum because I think it has a little bit of retinol in it. So I really do enjoy that as well. Herbal skin foods? Herbal face food. Herbal face food. And if they were to start with one product? I think you can use V's Honey 22 for a discount. But if you're going to start with one, I'd do serum one. It's very spicy. So very spicy, which I like because it's like, oh, it's working. Yeah. So you really got to like start with like serum one and work your way up and just realize like maybe have a fan nearby if you're super sensitive to fan your face. It's fine. It's just the enzymes activating in your skin. I can't wait to try it. Go to Pellicure to get a facial. Ask for Haley. I think you'll love her. Where can everyone find you? Pimp yourself out. We want to follow you. At V's Honey is my Instagram. My email is info at vshoney.com if you want to make an appointment. And it's V-E-E. Yeah, V-E-E-S-H-O-N-E-Y. Yeah. You are incredible. You can come back anytime. Truthfully, I, I have way more questions to ask you, but we'll do, do, it, do it, it on a different episode. Okay. I think you should launch a podcast with your media. Just saying. Yes. Thank you for taking the time. <laughs> Thanks for having me, that guys. That was amazing. That was fun. Who wants to win the new cute, pink, cheeky, skinny, confidential stickers and pop sockets? All you have to do is tag a friend on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick to listen to the show. We want to grow the community and it really helps when you guys recommend it to a friend. So tag a friend, like I said, on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick and someone from the team will drop into your DMs and send you some swag. Thank you guys, as always, for listening to the show. And I hope you love this episode with Vanessa. 